shit. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 170. No, I am not Nick Qualia. Jared Scally, Alan Hegan, Nick Qualia gets a week off. Don't want to talk about it. Long story. It's fine. We're here. He's Couch okay. Guys Sports Podcast. He's good. He's healthy. He's fine. He didn't have a kid. He's not me. He didn't pull the dad duty for a month. It's fine. At least, at least that we know of. He didn't tell me, and he usually tells me. I'd be surprised. If he did have a baby, it'd be a Manscaped baby as well. We'll talk about them later. But hey. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, we're here. A lot to talk about. Of course, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the YouTube channel. Follow that. All the other podcasts on the network, too. Um, Al and I are together, not talking Red Sox, which is great because that team sucks. Um, so we don't, we're don't, we not forced to talk about that on this podcast. Check out Into the Triangle to hear our thoughts on that team. Um, I am back this week on that podcast. So if you want to hear my thoughts on what's been going on with that team, just go hit. We'll have a new episode this week, too. Um, but we're here talking things al how are you it's been a little bit it's been too long and i think this is the first and probably only time that you and i are going to be talking on the couch guy sports podcast together without quacks so it's let's, weird let's... yeah he doesn't miss often like no. and he, he just is so dedicated and i only miss when i really have to so like and right. usually you're just with him or like i'm with him so this never happens we always get stuck talking red Sox together which is great we're baseball nuts we'll yell but, at the but red let's Sox embrace this let's embrace it let's so enjoy it this is an anti-red cuts red Sox show we're not going to talk about them we're going to talk about other things. We have two playoff series going on. We had a star goalie just up in peace out of the bubble in Toronto. It's great. So I'm going to let you decide where we start. Do you want to start Bruins and Tuka Rask, or do you want to start Celtics and Gordon Hayward? Let's start with the Bruins and Tuka Rask, because I feel like there's a lot more to dig deep into with those topics. So let's start, okay. with let's start with the Bruins. By the way, no weekly dump. There's too much to talk about. Nick loves his weekly dump. We'll let him take that take that next week when he comes back. No pew, um, pew, I don't pew. Really, no pew pew. I've stopped doing that actually. If you've listened, no, I, know, I don't know why. I, I just gotta stop no, doing it. And I'm whatever. But hey, Bruins up three one. First round, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, if you haven't been paying attention and you're gonna live under a rock, Tuka Rask is not in goal anymore. First two games, so came to the bubble, looked unmotivated. Tuka Rask played the first two games of the series, looked like garbage. Didn't care. Missed some easy pucks. And then after that second game, Bruins Canes were tied one one. Made some comments now. That kind of sparked me and other Bruins fans and yep. basically said, it feels like an exhibition game. It doesn't feel like a playoff game without the fans. Um, we're just out here. I'm trying out here to have fun. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care about the results. That was the big one. I don't care about the results. Okay. You don't care about the results. You're a professional Vesna candidate trophy winner who is off of a devastating Game 7 loss, who has never won a cup on his own, has all these critiques. And then decides, I don't really care about the results when they're clearly still potentially the best team in hockey. And I think on paper, they were the best team this year and they had a legit shot to come back and win a cup. Despite it being in the bubble, this team could still go win a Stanley Cup this year, Al. So I'll give my thoughts, but I want to hear when you first heard the news, because I know where I was. I was driving to Vermont and back to get a remade wedding cake because today, as we record, this is my wedding anniversary. So I was in the radio and I was shocked to hear it. And. I want to know what your thoughts are on the Tuka Rask and what your reaction was. Is insane. And obviously, you have time to process it. Right. What were your thoughts as soon as you heard what was going to happen? So I was actually at a travel ball doubleheader for my little guys in Haverhill. And I just looked at my phone in between innings, and then I saw it was actually Fiesta, co-host Legends Lingo and Chaser's Podcast. Anyways, part of Couch Guy Sports, he texted me. He's like, yeah, Tuka's gone. And I was like, what? And then I saw the Bruins statement on it, and it, and it had Tuka's statement saying, like, I wish the Bruins luck and everything. Here's my thing with Tuka. And this is coming from a casual Bruins, pan, Bruins fan's perspective, 
I'm not a diehard like a lot of Neither them. Neither am I. Neither okay, am I. Yep, perfect. If you had just went up and left without saying anything, okay, fine. It's COVID. I get it. You know, you care about your family. Like, that's all well and good. We do not criticize people for leaving for family reasons. Like, that's all well and good. But when you make the comments that you make saying, oh, I just don't feel motivated. It doesn't feel like playoffs. There's no fans. There's no home arenas. It's like, dude, you look so bad now. And you know this, Jared. Boston sports media loves to trash on Tuka Rask. They love it. It's one of their pastimes. It's yep. been one of the pastimes since he's been starting goaltender. And especially after the cup last year where you lost in game seven to the Blues, it's like, this was your chance at revenge. This was your chance to make a run. Get your Stanley Cup final as a starting goalie and shut everybody up. Yep. And now you're leaving after the comments. It just, it looks fishy. It looks a little bit suspicious. Yeah. And all the reports have been like, there's no, there's no big emergency. There's something happened. He left. And, and there's some stuff out like, well, if we ever find out the truth, my sources are telling me like, we're all going to eat crow. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Like, and I was one right away. Instant reaction. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like yeah. this is this. And Nick and I have always been on this show before this show. And we met like me and him have been Rask haters. Like we've been openly admitted about that. He's always crapped himself. He's never been about the big games. And he's always looked like crap in the playoffs. Last year, we stopped. We said, you know what? This is it. He made his cup run. He wasn't really the reason why they lost game seven. The whole team yeah. played like crap. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Tuca showed himself now that he can actually play in big moments. The team crapped themselves in the biggest moment possible at home. Wasn't his fault. They'll come back this year, and they were just as good, if not better, and I expected him to go on another run. Like, I, I was off the I'm going to hate Tuca because he proved that he can actually do it. Correct. Yes, he had the leave of absence last year. Whatever. We put through it, because he and then he did it again this year. Now, it's a, oh, I can't even get my head straight in the bubble to win a Stanley Cup. My biggest gripe with this is, is and, and I've tweeted this instantly, I'm like, what a coward, all this stuff. And I still stand by it. Um, and I got some, like, oh, my God, here it goes, hating on Tuca. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it because you know what? You clearly didn't want to be down there in the first place. Yeah. All the way through the the bubble, like, uh, seeding games and the round robin and all the way through the all, all through the round robin, all the way through those first two playoff games, you could tell for a fact you just didn't want to be down there. And I've heard the, well, it's better to give it a shot and not – and then decide he wants to leave and not try it all. No, actually, it's not. Because if you're on the fence at all, Al, at all, that means you don't want to be there. Right. And if that, if you don't want to be there, that's fine. If you're going to prioritize family, I'm not – like, look at the Patriots. I'm not crapping on Dante Hightower for not wanting to play this year. He said a kid. Patrick Chung didn't want to be there. I get that. Um, he wasn't – like, I forget the – again, casual Bruin fan. There was a Bruin that opted out before the bubble even started. Uh, Stephen Camper. Stephen Camper. Thank you. So – I'm not against it, and I'm not going to sit here and go, well, why did he opt out? That's stupid. No, I get why people are opting out. It's a pandemic. We're still during COVID. But don't sit there and go, I'm on the fence, and then go, because then he played almost every seeding game. He played the two first playoff games, and now all of a sudden, the, the morning of game three, you announce that you're not coming back, and then you have to give it to Yaro Halak, who hasn't played a, real, a meaningful game since February. And then you go, okay, now you get to play game three of the playoffs, who he looked pretty decent, by the way, coming out of the gate. Um, it's not fair. And it bashes me on Tuca all the way through. I'm totally against this guy now. He's got one year left in his contract. Smell ya. My guess is he'll be back for the last year of his contract, and we'll have to live through it. And people are like, oh, well, the, the teammates won't care, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's, if fans are allowed back in the Bruins games next year, um, the Garden, which the they first, probably will be, first game at some point back. there will be. First game that fans are allowed in that building. The Boo Birds are the goalie, come. the Boo Birds are coming out. 
And I'm all for it because you know what? You don't just, this is a title town. We're all about winning Stanley Cups, NBA titles, whatever the sport is. We've won so many. We're spoiled. I get it. But if you're a Vesna candidate trophy, I'm not saying the Tuca is not as good as, I mean, is not better than Halak. Halak's good. He's serviceable. They can still potentially win a cup with him. But Tuka Rask is one of the best goalies in the league, hands down. Right. And after last, if they, if he won a cup this year, I still think even last year, he's still, I don't think he's really worth the money. It was a lot of money, but like, if you want a cup with them, I'd forget the money because you want a cup. And it's so ridiculous that now he comes in and goes, yeah, you know what? Family, I don't – only thing I hear is I care about my family. I get that. That's fine. But Patrice Bergeron has kids. You know, Marchand has – like all these guys have kids and are in the bubble, and they trust their families to deal with it while they're gone. Do you not trust your wife to handle your family situations while you're gone? If so, you might want to figure that out too. You shouldn't have to leave a few games into the playoffs and re- and think that your family's not going to be okay without your two kids. It's going to be fine. They're expecting you to be gone. You knew this was going to happen. And if you knew this was if you you're going to leave, you shouldn't have come at all. That's my take on it. And you know what's funny too? You know what's going to be the funniest thing of all, Jared, is if Yaroslav Halak has a Tim Thomas 2011-esque playoff run. If the Bruins win the Stanley Cup with Halak and Net, imagine how bad it's going to look for Tuca. Like you said, last year of his deal. Maybe do they try to convince him to retire? Do they try to con- maybe try to trade? He's talked about retirement. Open. Exactly. And then you can also talk about potential trade package that you say, okay, you got one year left in the deal. Maybe we try to bring up a young goaltender to back up Halak for a year and be the future of the Bruins. Who knows? And fun fact, I actually met Brad Marchand and sold uh, lacrosse equipment to his kids. That was kind of cool. But cool. Love that. Anyway, you t- you're taller than him, right? Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was taller than him. Yeah, I was taller than him. But anyways, it's just a thing where it's like, it was just the wrong time. And if he doesn't say the comments, I think we can agree. If he doesn't say the comments, then it's like whatever. Or if he just didn't even bother coming like Stephen Camford didn't, then this yeah. is a completely different story. Yeah, I think if, if Tuga just cu- doesn't come, like if he says, I'm opting out, I, I want to be with my family we're during a pandemic, fine. It gives Halak multiple games to prepare. Mentally, he knows he's the guy. And the team can prepare for that. And now look, I agree with you. If they go on to win a cup, bye. See ya. See ya. Um, I think even without it, I still say bye. It's not worth it. Like sign Halak for a few more years and then figure out who your next goalie is. But because they still have to do that anyway. It's not like Rast is going to be here that much longer. I look at the situation and go, okay, well, Tuca, if you don't want to play, don't. But now the trading is the one thing that I'm like, mm, because if you trade, we're not getting much. Right. It's it's one of those things where you might get a second or third round pick. Maybe um, the big thing for me, if you're going to trade him, you're not going to get a huge return. The benefit is to get him off the books for the cap because the cap is actually legit in hockey. Like it's hard cap. Um, and the benefit of that. And this is a big benefit for me. You can keep Tory Crute. If right. you if Tuka does not come back, if you trade him, if you decide you want to move on because of this and you decide you can live without him, you have the money and the flexibility to then bring Tory Crute back, who is pivotal, pivotal to what you do. Um, and I think you're going to miss Tory Krug a lot next year because I don't think yes. he comes back. In the current situation, if Rask is back and everything's the same, Tory Krug probably isn't back here in a Bruins uniform next year. So that is a big piece for me. I don't know. I, I look at the Tuka Rask situation. I think he should either retire. Um, the biggest thing for me, and I think this is the top choice, put him in the expansion draft and just and let have, Seattle have him. I was going to say, have him be a Seattle Kraken. Let him be a Kraken. There'll be a mental case out there out west. We won't have to see him in the west western. Con- it's great. Like it's the perfect situation. Like it's the best timing for Seattle to figure their crap out and just have them. I'm going to let's look what Flurry with the uh, the Penguins. And then he goes to the Golden Knights. He goes to the Golden Knights. He's still playing well. 
And that's it. Like, just send Wrath to the Kraken. I love <laughs> the name, by the way. And all's world that ends well. You figure, you, you maybe you deal with Halak for a few more years. I think he's serviceable. And if you know Halak's going to be your goalie, you can plan around him and, and things like that. I don't know how much Char is going to be here, but whatever. But now you, you look at this situation. I think we both agree. Rask handled it the wrong way, but we're not, we're not against him opting out. Bruins are now up 3-1 in this series. Um, with no David Pasternak the past. no David Pasternak, which is annoying. But now at this point, you're up 3-1. Just don't play him. Wait till the next series. Um, you're probably playing Tampa, so wait till the next series. Um, Bruins have looked meh. Some line changes have been better. Um, Krejci's been phenomenal. And I think Krejci's the big reason why you're not feeling. You're feeling the Pasternak miss because like last night, um, they were down 2-0 for most of that game uh, in game th- three, right? Um, game four, excuse me. Game four. Math's hard. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're down most of that game. They couldn't put the puck in. They had a lot of chances. And that's when you missed your co-goal leading scorer of the league, David Pasternak, because he would have had probably two goals last night in the flow of that game. But you had so, a guy like Jake Rusk, who, who everyone's been talking about, where's he been, where's he been, yeah. scores that first goal. By the way, that thing was an absolute dangle. On James, on James Reimer, dangles yep. away from him and then falls on his ass and puts the puck in the net. That was great. Yeah. And then the fourth that, goal, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look, DeBrusque, we know, is phenomenal. It's just he hasn't been around. And I don't know what was going on. I'm hoping that opens the floodgates and if you bring Pasta up. Like, this team is a legit contender. And they just need to keep playing. And then last night, that third period was the best hockey I've seen from them since the bubble started. Agreed. Um, that, that was, like, big-time playoff. You're the number one seed. You know it, despite the, what the number says. You're the best team in hockey, and you showed it. But the hit that Charlie McAvoy had last night on stall, like that that kind of playoff hockey, you haven't seen from them. The urgency hadn't been there. That hit, I didn't admittedly have a newborn. I watched the Celtics game, couldn't get through the whole Bruins game. I need to get some sleep. I missed the third period. Dude, that, that hit that Charlie McAvoy had on Jordan Stahl, and I love how the next day Hurricane Twitter was like, oh, you know, that should have been a penalty, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you had a hit earlier on in the game that was pretty much carbon copy, so you have no right to talk at all. But and honestly, I think that Charlie McAvoy hit was sort of the inspiration that the Bruins needed and sort of that little just Jolt. burst. Yeah, that little burst that they needed to get going. And then sure enough, four goals later, you win four to three, you're up three to one, and you're looking good. Yeah, no, and, and I think the the Bruins now, I think they're up three one. I think we all we can both agree that they're probably going to move on, probably play Tampa. Um, that's going to be a tough series. But again, Tampa hasn't looked great either. If you watch that Columbus series, Columbus Columbus owns real estate in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, Somehow, like, some way. I don't get it because I think Tampa obviously is a better team and they should win that series. Um, if you play Tampa the way they've been playing, I still think I like the Bruins. Um, but it makes it a lot harder for series when you don't have Rask. And that's my concern. Like, I think Halak's good. I think they could go on a run. But you're going to have to see some more. You're going to be winning games 4-3, 5-2. Like, you're going to be winning more high-scoring games if you're going to win the Cup. Because I just don't think Halak is as good as Rask is at seeing the puck. Hasn't played, hasn't had the reps. And I just don't think it can flip a switch like that for a guy like Halak. It's not like Rask. Like, if Rask really wanted to be there mentally, like, and he was all in and wanted to win a Cup, he could have flipped a switch and been, t- been Tuka. Like easily. I wasn't concerned easily. He's one of those goalies. Halak is he never has been. He no. went on a couple he went on a deep run with Montreal a while back. It's been a little bit. He's never been a flip the switch guy. If he's playing a lot, like if Halak was the goalie all year, fine. Like then I think he could have handled it. And I still think he can, but it's gonna take a build up and you might not even see the best Halak possible until if you get to an Eastern Conference final. Like it, it's gonna take some time for him, at least in my opinion. And that is where I think Tampa is scary because they can just like look at even Carolina. They're just throwing pucks on net and crap's going in. Like crap's going in. Crap. So 
that's going to be my concern. They'll get past Carolina. I think they always were going to get past Carolina because I think they just on paper, you're the better team. Um, right. But now once you get to Tampa and then potentially Philly who owns you in the round Robin games, uh, I think you're a much better team than Philly, to be honest, like them having yes. a one seat is actually kind of a joke, but I'm more concerned about Tampa than I am about Philly. If you get to Philly, you're going to the Stanley Cup final. At that and don't count your chickens before they hatch. The one reason I'm saying is because Carter Hart is playing out of his mind right now for the Flyers in net. So that concerns me a little. Another thing that concerns me, Jared, about the Tampa series, two things. First of all, that front, that first line for Tampa with Stamkos, Kucherov, and Hedman, yep. that's a pretty dominant top line. It's probably one of the more dominant top lines in hockey. And not only that, the Bruins' third line concerns me. I'm not concerned about the first line. The second line starting to wake up. DeBrusque had the game he had. Krejci's been good throughout the playoffs so far. But that line of Corrali, if Charlie Coyle moves back to the third line, probably not unless Pasternak comes back. Because I think they moved him up to the first line last night with Marshan and Bergeron. Yep. But yep. not only that, can like Connor Clifton have a game like he did last night where he had an yep. absolute snipe to tie the game? And Matt Grizzly, can they get that production from that third line? And then obviously the million-dollar question like you just alluded to, can Halak make a deep run like he did with Montreal? I don't know if he can. He just has to be serviceable. Like, don't let crap in. Like two goals, you're gonna get picked. Two goals a game. If you give up two yep. goals a game, you have a legit shot to win with yeah. this Bruins offense every of night. Yeah, and look, I look at I look at the Tampa situation. You need Pasternak. If you don't have Pasternak, it's over. Like I'm sorry, like that he's that important of a player. He's he's the again he tied um, Ovechkin for the most goals in the league, and he was on pace to surpass him and probably beat him if the season actually continued the rest of the way. David Pasternak is the reason why you'll win a Stanley Cup. Because it puts everything back in place, for one. Um, it lets Charlie Coyle go back to the third line. It gives Krejci a solid second line and enough to flip-flop. And Look, Krejci's been phenomenal. And if Krejci plays like this and Pasternak comes back, I'm not worried. They'll be Tampa. But you need Pasternak. And I think, honestly, if they had lost last night in Game 4, Pasternak probably plays tomorrow as we record this on Tuesday, Game 5. Like I honestly think they make it work. Because they said he was skating, he was 50-50, and they weren't sure. But there's a chance he could have played. If they went 2-2 against the Hurricanes, there was a good chance he probably would have made it work or tried to make it work. And at um, this point, and at this point, obviously it's not the case. You're up three to one on Carolina. Hopefully, close out the series tomorrow afternoon as we record. And then if you close out the series, just have Pasternak fresh for the Lightning. Plain and simple. Yeah, the, the only way that I play Pasternak against the Hurricanes again is if they keep losing and there's a game six or seven. Like I think I think that's the only way. I'm I'm willing to let Pasternak play. It might even just be Game Seven. Like you might, if you get to a Game Seven for some reason, then you might want to play him. But other than that, like give it a couple games. You should be able to win one of the next two, if not the next one, and move on. Get the series over with. Give Char some time to relax. Um, put his feet up. Stop skating because he's old. He looks old. Yeah, um, he, he looks a little slow. And that's the problem with Char. Like I I want Char back next year as a Bruins fan, but it just takes him time to ramp up. So the break didn't help him. He's probably the one guy on this team that was like, ugh four months like he had, they had three and a half four months off yeah. you can't be Zidane Chara and come to the playoffs after having that much time off like training camp's a thing for a reason preseason games are what Chara needs at this point to be ready for a season um they're screwed but um so there's there's some things with the Bruins I, I'm worried about again Halak things like that there's some things I'm not worried about Marshan and Bergeron are being there th- themselves Krejci is being playoff Krejci for the first time in years which is great um and you know, Charlie Coyle is just being Charlie Coyle. I love Charlie Coyle, by the way. I do too. As a casual Bruin fan, like, I'm all about the, yeah, he's from Weymouth. Let's he, go, dude. He's like, from Weymouth, the Weymouth Wanda. Literally, every time he scores. Did you know that guy's local? He's from Weymouth. The Weymouth <laughs> kid does it again. Oh, my God. What a hometown hero. Yeah, we get it. 
He's from Weymouth. He's a mask guy. He's playing for the Bruins. Awesome. He signed an extension. It doesn't have to come up every single. The Bruins account tweets it. The Weymouth guy scored again. Bro, go in. We're up. It's funny nothing. though. I, I don't care. It's funny every time. Every yeah. time I, I laugh at it. It's that combined with the uh, the the video of that Bruins guy. Mike Grinnell tweets about a lot. The the Bruins and the sticks. Bruins. Oh. That dude's I want to beat that guy. I don't I don't know what prompted him to make that video whenever he did it. I don't know how someone found it, but I want to meet that dude, whoever that guy is. Oh, that guy's awesome. Oh man. All right. This part of the show, the Bruins, Tuka Rask, all that stuff, and the rest of the show, to be honest, is just brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. You guys know them. We talk about them enough. Um, if you're bored in the house, right, we're still we should be quarantining all you idiots who are out there. Stay home. But what else are you gonna do? Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor, Manscaped, of course, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their Lawn Mower 3.0. It's our go-to brand, of course, below the waist grooming and hygiene. Nick has prompted it a million times. Apparently, my baby is sponsored by Manscaped, and that's why I have a child. Uh, you're, you're probably looking for new things to do at home. Why not grooming your balls consistently? Uh, the new Lawn Mower 3.0, perfect package. It comes with the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer also best part about it now the charger i talk about this with nick every week that comes with a, a stand charger yep so I that have you, it too. Leave it, you can leave it in the bathroom it yep. stares you in the face it goes dude are you clean are you high are you clean down there so your partner can hold on to those things no probably not take me in the shower and let's get this deed done that it's it makes you feel guilty al if you don't use it because it's out there in front of your face you're right if, if you are traveling the perfect package does come with a nice travel case, though, so that's obviously good. Uh, their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. No nicks like Al. I'm sure you did as a kid. Nick has prompted a million times. He accidentally used the scissors, nicked himself. None of that. None of that. Cordless, nickless. It's great. Ugh. You're probably sitting on the couch right now, guys, with your hand on your balls anyways. You might as well keep them clean. I mean, if you're listening to the show and have your hands on your balls... Thank you, I guess, uh, for a limited time. For a limited t- t- time, subscribe to the Perfect Package. You get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower 3.0. It's delivered to your door every three months to so make sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. That's important. That makes sure the nicks aren't there. For a limited time, our subscribers don't get one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which I talked about, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxers. Nick swears by them when he goes golfing. We talk about it. I love them as well. It's a perfect package for your perfect package. You can get now 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, get 20% off and free shipping. Important, don't pay for that pesky shipping with our code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code COUCHGUY20. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. And, of course, we appreciate our guys at Manscaped. They're great. They are. We love the stuff. I'm telling you, that charger, Al, it stares you in the face. I know. I look, I look at it, and it's like, dude, if you don't do the right thing right now, you're an idiot. So do yep. it up. And I'm not going to lie. If you didn't have the ad read ready, I literally had it on backup just in case you were like, hey, we're going to move on to the Celtics. Oh, Jared, did you forget something? But we can't nope, forget about Manscaped. Cannot forget I, about I Manscaped. can't forget. Again, apparently my baby's sponsored by Manscaped. That's the reason why oh, I have yeah. one. So yeah, I can't I, forget about it. You didn't even name your baby Manscaped. Like, what's wrong with you? No, I I had a better middle name in mind, so I didn't use Manscaped. Sorry. The, the middle name is kind of fire. Not going to lie. Yes, it is. It is Blaze. <laughs> it's Elliot. My, my daughter's name is Eliana Blaze, if you didn't figure it out, if we weren't told. All right. Thanks again. Fans at Manscaped. Couch Guy 20. Do it. 
you won't regret it. Oh, and there's a light. I didn't even mention that. There's a little light on the thing, too. Oh, so, great. like, if you're, like, early morning, you don't want to turn the big lights on because you're still waking up. Use the light precision. You, even with the light on, it's good to get extra precision down there. You want to be careful. I mean, their other uh, products are good, too, like the shampoo and everything, too. Like, so if you don't oh, want to get the perfect package, proponent. you can get something. I'm a big proponent of the ball deodorant. It's preach. Great. After the shower, you just lathered up. It's phenomenal. The wipes, too. Unreal. Oh, wipes are good. Wipes are good. See, that's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. Celtics. Speaking of all good, maybe Gordon Hayward uses uh, Manscaped uh, tweezers and, like, the trimmers to, to help his mustache. Oh, for the uh, beard stash? For the beard stash, yeah. Um, Celtics, playoffs, Philadelphia 76ers should be an easy series. They should win in five games. I'd sure. pick the Celtics in three if I was allowed to. Can't. Wasn't possible when I put the bet in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Not a sponsorship. I just live in New Hampshire, and I can use them. The game one was last night. Sixers, Celtics. Hung around for a while, the Sixers did. Celtics didn't look, great. didn't look great. Thought they might lose. Thought they were going to lose the I game. I did, too. Oh, I did, too. Um. Overall, kind of what we expected. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum were the leading scorers. They're probably going to be on this team. They're they're in the now. Uh, Kemba Walker had a solid game as well. Gordon Hayward had a solid game until the old ankle gave out on him. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but overall, just game one. If that's the worst the Celtics play in this series, they'll be done in no time. Well, how about this too? Philly shot the ball well. And I put this out on Twitter last night. Philly shot the ball well. And the Celtics' defensive pressure was unreal. You saw guys like Marcus Smart. Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, everybody was playing solid defense, and it was intense defense. Every time Joel Embiid had the ball, you had Tice covering him and Smart off ball coming in to double team, and that forced Philly to have, I think at one point, Jared, Philly had like 10 turnovers and the Celtics had one. And not only that, Marcus Smart didn't play that well offensively. He did not shoot the ball well. When he kept talking the threes, and I'm a guy with Marcus Smart and wants him to shoot, and it's okay, but like after you miss like three or four, dude, can you pass the ball? Like, you have Jason Tatum on your team. Can you just give him the ball? Jalen Brown, not playing phenomenal. Not only that, how about the play that Ennis Cantor made down low with Horford and Embiid down low, getting two offensive rebounds, kicking out to Jalen Brown, tying the game. And this was after the Sixers went on a 20-5 to run in the third quarter to yep. be up four after three. And at that yep. point, Jared, you got to admit, you're like me. You're probably like, oh, my God, they're going to lose this game. They might lose this oh, game. I was sitting there going, crap, they're really going to lose this first game. Like, we're, we've been sitting here yep. talking about how good they are and how great – because they've looked phenomenal in the bubble like they've looked like a legit contender they're a good team and you know what i chalk after watching the fourth quarter and seeing them pull away you know what i just chalked it up to they're a good team and this yeah. is what good teams do in the nba they dick around for three quarters and they pull away at the end aka Le- lebron's entire career you dick around for three quarters you play pickup ball you have a lead you might give it up and then the fourth quarter you go oh we're down by a couple points great jason tatum jalen brown kemba walker gordon hayward before he snaps his ankle like yeah that that's literally what this team did yep and not only that like did you get a feeling in the so it was the first quarter this the celtics had played great it was a great defensive possession joel Embiid hawks up a three as the shot clock expires and somehow just swishes it i don't know how it, it yep. was an ugly looking shot did you think at that point oh crap this could be somewhat of a game because no matter what the Celtics were doing, Philly was just hitting shots. At one point, I think it was going into the fourth quarter, Philly had a 54% field goal percent, and Celtics had 42. And I'm saying to myself, no way Philly's going to shoot this well the rest of the series. There's well, that's no why, way. That's why I said after, after the first quarter, I tweeted this out. I'm like, well, the Celtics looked like Garbo, and the Sixers are making literally everything in sight. I like our chances. We're going to win this game. Like, I felt more comfortable because it was a close game. They were, It was really neck and neck. But the Celtics had so many open looks they were missing, and the Sixers just like, hit everything under the sun. 
literally ever. Yeah. And I'm like, the Sixers aren't this good of a shooting team. They won't keep making these shots. And the Celtics were missing wide open shots. Yes, they were. Um, and um, look, the big thing for me in that first second quarter is when the Celtics were doing that. How many points did Tatum have in the second, the first quarter? Like, it, it was insane. Like Tatum, everyone was talking this week, and this is this goes to the old two to six show, Felger Mavs. I love them; they're my guys. I interned for them. I'll never say a bad word because they're awesome people. But they look at this and go, "Okay, well, Tatum hasn't proved it yet." Yeah, probably not. But like he he kind of did when they played those games against Cleveland, Eastern Conference Finals. He was he he was amazing in those playoff games. Last year, Kyrie, I give him a pass because Kyrie's a dick. This year. <laughs> This year, he's been good all year. He's been your best player by far. And then now, first game in the playoffs, in the bubble win, Tuka Rask, mind you, your Boston counterpart is saying these games are hard to get up for, blah, blah, blah. You have Jason Tatum go off in the first and second quarters because the team needed him because that's what he's that's what he is for this team. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, just side note, the future of this team, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. And Jason Tatum, 32 points on 10 of 21 shooting, especially in those second and third quarters, even in the fourth quarter a little bit, too. Just the drives he was having, he was being aggressive, going the basket, shooting his mid-range that he's known for, and shooting threes. Yep. I mean, Tatum was doing it all last night. And not yep. only that, the thing, the only thing that irked me about Tatum, and this is, wasn't even game-wise, this was just off-the-court stuff, bitching about not getting calls and stuff. I was just going to bring this up. Yep. It was like, it's like, dude, I get it. You are an elite talent in the NBA now, but just play the game. You're on a good enough team. I think this Celtics team, Jared— for the first time in I don't know how many years, had three players averaging 20 points or more going into the playoffs. Oh, it was like a that, rare thing. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. That's how good this team is. And, and that's Michael how Gordon Hayward was at like 18. Yeah, so could have had four, realistically. This team is that good. They're that deep. And not only that, I know the Celtics bench has been a question, but when you have guys like Marcus Smart, Ennis Cantor, Grant Williams, Grant Williams. Robert Williams, Robert Williams— you're going to see Robert Williams get a, a decent amount of time in this series because they're going to have him want to match the physicality of Embiid, especially when they pulled Tice early and Cantor came in and played crappy for like three, four minutes. Yep. They brought Robert Williams right into the fire. So well, you're Robert going to see Williams that matchup more. Someone I've been begging for because you're begging that you need height. He's got it. Yeah, he's not phenomenal, but he can do something and he can eat up some fouls that you don't want other guys like Tice or those guys eating up against Embiid. Because we all know Embiid's not in shape. He doesn't care about his physicality. The whole Sixers team is, isn't in shape. And you saw it like they were they were there back and forth. Embiid was out a lot. He came out winded. He was he looked winded halfway through the first quarter. Oh, I know. But not only that, too, not only that, too, the Sixers had to change their whole style of play once Ben Simmons went out. Yep. So they're becoming more of a shooting team. They're going to have to rely on nights last yep. night just to keep them in the series. Yeah, I honestly think last night's probably the best Philly game they have the entire series. Like, I think – I don't expect them to be – like, Embiid might be the only one because he did stop taking low post shots, which, again, if you just give the ball on the block to Embiid, he's going to dominate the majority of the Celtics team, if not all of them. So if you're playing the Sixers, you let Embiid get his own. You almost want him to score because then you can just stop everybody else. Exactly. And Embiid's not going to make everything, and he's going to get tired because, he, again, he's not in shape. Let Embiid get I'm his 30, at, and like you just said, shut down everybody else. Playing some. The one thing I, I – you brought it up is the whole like referee thing. Tatum obviously off to the court, off the court was complaining about how he's a star in this game. He comment, this is a comment and that he feels like he's getting screwed. Almost every ball he, in, in his defense last night, how many times did that dude get whacked and nothing was called? It I could have like arguably been every yeah. play. I felt like he was a rookie again. Like, the, and like Daniel Tice, poor man does not get a foul call to save his life at all. Like he might as well be a rookie every year, but yeah. overall the whole entire Celtics team, they're constantly looking for the foul. 
And, like, I get it. It's the NBA. Most times they're going to get it. Like, Tatum hit a three and got whacked in the head, clearly, and just didn't get a foul call. Should have been a four-point play. Um, good for Brad Stevens. Every time you see, the, every time you see like, Tatum, those guys complaining, Brad Stevens is, just like, on the court clapping. Let's go. Stop. Like, go play. Um, and that's going to be their biggest downfall if they don't do well is they're focusing too much on the fouls. Yeah. If Tatum keeps playing the way he is, the NBA is going to start just flipping and giving him calls. Like, that's the way it goes. If you prove you're a superstar, if you prove you all this, you're going to get the calls. It's only his third year. Like, you, he has to realize that he's not that yet. And even Jalen Brown, fourth year, superstar, in my opinion. Tatum's not going to get the calls yet. Um, he's just not there. And I think he is. I personally think he should. But he's not going to get it because he's not LeBron James. Not even Mitchell barely gets calls. Like, Jamal Murray, all those guys who are the same age, like, don't get calls yet. It's just because they're not – they haven't been in the league long enough. They all haven't gone on playoff runs. Tatum has, but he had some help. Like, if Tatum keeps playing like this this year, he's going to stop having to complain about it. He's going to get the NBA treatment. He's going to be an all-star again next year. He was an all-star this year. That's the first step, right? Like, to get the calls, to become the ref's best friend and be in their pocket, make all-star teams, make deep playoff runs, be dominant every single game. And you know what? Then you'll stop having to bitch about it. And don't bitch about it. Don't complain don't bitch about, about it. it. Just play. Don't bitch about it. Yeah. And then you can bitch about it all you want when you don't get calls because you're going to get them all the time. Um, look, this Celtics team, me and Nick have been talking about it since day one. I know you have too. Like This team had talent. Everyone overlooked them because they thought Gordon Hayward was trash. Gordon Hayward was really important. Yeah. And last night, Gordon Hayward came down opposite ankle. Not the Thank one who God. snapped in half. But he did come down. I think high ankle sprain, I think they called it. Um, yeah. He left the stadium in a boot and crutches. So that's usually a precaution because ankles swell up no time. Like it was nobody's business. So you want to take as much weight off it as possible and secure it. So I'm not like concerned about that. Um, the last time I heard, he was getting an MRI last night. And apparently it's not supposed to like Boston, not Boston, Rob, Brian Rob um, from the sports hub earlier said that he's not expecting it to be terrible and that he should miss like a couple games. If that's the case, that's a win. Huge. Because win. you need Gordon Hayward. I don't think you need Gordon Hayward to beat the Sixers. I don't. Um, you need Gordon Hayward to beat the, the Raptors, who you'd play next, and you definitely need him to beat the Bucks. Um, and coming into it, there already was a level of concern with Hayward because his wife is due in the middle of September, and he's already voiced that opinion that he's leaving if when he, for his daughter, the birth of his what fourth daughter. Uh, poor man. Um, he already admitted he's leaving. You just saw Mike Conley leave the other day, missed their first game. To the Utah Jazz because he had the birth of his son. Um, players don't care. They're leaving. Gordon Hayward's going to leave when his wife's come in labor. That's how. I, I hate to say this, but we have a little bit of a development with Gordon Hayward. Oh, is it bad? It's not great. Oh, uh, what's is it like a month? It's Chris Mannix. I mean, there's no timetable, but according to Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated writer, this was about half an hour ago. Just spotted Gordon Hayward walking into the Celtics meal room, still on crutches, boot on his right foot and ankle. Here's the key thing, putting no pressure on it. Yeah. So it's, okay. that's, so that's, that's not a good he, He's not coming back. So basically what's going to happen is he's going to be ready to go mid-September when he has to go home anyway. And then he's going to go home. And, and then he's going to go home. So you probably won't, if that's the case, you probably will not see Gordon Hayward until Eastern Conference Finals. I mean. If not Finals. So this team, now let's talk about it. Gordon Hayward, we know how important he is. I've been saying it from day one. He looked like he's been looked like in Utah. He's a great player. The Celtics bench is not that deep. It's and not now, that you're gonna, it's... now you have a guy who Marcus Smart's biggest asset is coming off the bench because he matches well up against a lot of people's benches. He brings that intensity. Marcus Smart's now a starter. They're going to start him over unless it's a big game, but like like a big matchup, like in terms of like height. But there he 
Brad Stevens does it over and over again. Anyone comes out of that starting lineup for any reason, Marcus Smart's your next man up. Right. So now you're starting, you're losing Gordon Hayward, and you're going to add Marcus Smart, which is fine. Not as much talent, but now you're going to have Tatum playing the four for sure, and you're going to have everyone cycle down so that Jalen Brown's playing the three, which is really, you know, it's a positionless league at this point, so it's not as big of a deal. But you're losing production. You're losing Gordon Hayward scoring, passing ability. How many open, how many threes did he hit? You know, like Gordon Hayward is a great player and he's a big reason why they are where they are. And they are a title contender this year. Now I have all the faith in the world that Tatum is a big player, but now he's got to do it even more. Now you almost have to expect more from Kemba too. Like Kemba didn't have that big of a game, but Kemba now has to be Kemba in order for this to work. Right. And not only that too, the thing that you miss with Gordon Hayward, Jared, is he's a smart player. He seems to just make the right decisions, when to shoot, when to pass, when to drive, all that. Not only that, you take a look at next series. So obviously we're pretty much not guaranteeing, but we have a good feeling that the Celtics are going to beat Philly in five. We shouldn't and then look ahead, but we're going to. We're going to look we... ahead. We're going to look ahead hypothetically for a second. If everything goes as it's supposed to, you're facing the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Raptors, if remember, won Which the team? NBA championship last year. And yes, I know there's no Kawhi Leonard, but guess what? The Raptors are still a good team. But the reason that Toronto doesn't match well, match up well with Boston it's because Boston has a ton of athletic wings that can spread the floor. Gordon Hayward was one of those guys that can help you spread the floor. And now yep. you take him out of the equation, you have to rely on more – I hate to say it, but you're going to have to rely on big men more with Cantor and Williams coming off the bench, both Williams, Grant and Robert. Not only that, Brad Wanamaker is going to be getting more time. And listen, Brad Wanamaker, you, you make that face, but here's the thing. I like Brad Wanamaker. I think he's a solid yeah, in his guy role. In off his the role. bench. Yes, in his role. I'm not saying he's going to get starter minutes, but he's going to get more reserve minutes off the bench. That's not the worst thing in the world, but obviously losing Hayward, losing that athletic wing, not ideal against a team like Toronto that's very athletic themselves. And look, everyone's going to go, oh, well, they smashed Toronto in the bubble, blah, blah, blah. That's one game. It was a one game, regular season, whatever. Like, but, seating, doesn't matter. But I will say this. I do think you put the two teams on paper. I like the Celtics more as a whole. And I think that they, I think they are the better team. I really do, and I'm sure you. No, agree. I do too. I think they're better. Yeah, I think they're a better team on paper. I think the Raptors have been playing together, and they won a championship together, and they've looked phenomenal. Um, the biggest issue for me is Siakam, how you cover Absolutely. him, and, and and what, yeah, what you can do to cover him, and because he's always killed you. So look, Toronto won't be an easy out. That's a six-seven game series if you do win. Al, before we get out of here, do you actually think without Gordon Hayward, the Celtics can make a legitimate round of the title? Yes, because I think obviously once you get past Philly and if you can find a way to get by Toronto, if Hayward comes back, because don't forget, they're doing protocols now that can allow family members into the bubble. Now, I'm not saying with a pregnancy, obviously, Robin Hayward's probably not going to want to go down to Orlando in a bubble and be in that atmosphere as opposed to being in a hospital in Boston where Boston has some of the best hospitals in the world to deliver the baby. But if you can get by Toronto... Without Hayward, which I still think the Celtics can do, because you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Daniel Tice has been having a great year. Nobody talks about it. He has been underrated. Oh yeah, he's he has been one of those guys that he was a great player in Europe. I think he won several Defensive Player of the Year awards in Europe, and he's bringing that now to the Celtics team. If you can get by the Raptors in six, lengthen the series, give Hayward more time to come back. You have a fresh Hayward coming into the equation against a solid Milwaukee team. I'm not saying Celtics are going to win the series, but they're going to make it interesting. Put it that way. Well, whoever wins the Raptors-Celtics series will go to the finals. 
That's it. Because the Bucks are not looking like they use, they have. They're, they look a step slower. And now, like, yeah, that could be a pre-playoff thing. But I think the Bucks are a little overrated because they, they do rely heavily on Giannis. Yes, but it's Giannis and he's a superstar and they're not going to follow him out. I agree. I mean, we saw that, right? When they yeah, played the Bucks. Yeah, we saw it firsthand. Open, yeah, we saw them have like nine fouls and didn't get to, get to keep playing. Um, whoever wins that Raptors-Celtics series will probably go to the finals. That That's the way I'm looking at it. So if you can get past the Raptors, it's going to be a hard series against the Bucks. I'm not like going to make it easy. But like I think that they, the Raptors and the Celtics have a better team on paper. I think, obviously Giannis is a big deal, I think all around than the Bucks do. Um, and I think the Bucks benefit a lot from having home court. And they don't have that. And I think people are forgetting about that. Neutral playing, see, it feels like an AU ball game. It feels like summer league. Like, there's no home court advantage, no garden, there's no Toronto, there's nothing. That's why, one, I give the edge to Celtics because Celtics are terrible on the road. They're too young. Like, they just can't handle it. But Milwaukee also flourishes at home. And they don't have that benefit. So, you look at the situation. This year is right for the Celtics. Just before we close the show. They're right, right for the Celtics. No Ben Simmons kicks the Sixers out of the way. Um, Raptors are there, but you can beat them. The Bucks have Giannis, but they're not great. And Giannis might be gone next year. Next year and following years. I was just about Kevin, to say. Kevin, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are back in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And they're there for a while. DeAndre Jordan as well. So you don't match up well against the Nets. They're a top three team in the East, if not better. Yeah. Giannis probably leaves Milwaukee unless they give him one more run. Because if, if they don't win, he's got to get sick of it. My guess is he goes to Miami. You put Miami with Jimmy, him with Jimmy Butler. And Bam Adebayo. And Bam Adebayo, you're probably worse than them on paper. Plus, again, you add the Nets in. The Pacers aren't a bad team when they're playing healthy and all that stuff. So the East gets a lot harder after this is over. This is the year that you have to – this is the year the Celtics have to win it because, like I was just about to say before you beat me to it, the Nets next year, they get two players named Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming back to an already solid Brooklyn team because Brooklyn's a seven seed without those two guys, and they're known to play hard. And you get DeAndre Jordan yeah. back, so you get that physicality back in the paint. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think I think the Celtics can win past this year. Like, I'm not, like, completely counting it out. I think – because No, cause but like you said – It's going to be – and Kyrie's a head case. Like but, you said, it's harder. It's a lot yeah. harder to win after this year, like you said. And I agree with you. I don't know about Giannis going to Miami. It, it is a – it's been thrown out there. I agree. And Jimmy Butler's even said, like, we got something going. Like, not necessarily with Giannis, but they can attract superstars because it's Miami. But at the same time – he might go out west, maybe. Maybe he goes and joins AD and LeBron somehow. You know, form a super team with the Lakers. Maybe he goes to the Clippers. Maybe he goes to some random team. We don't know. Go play with Devin Booker and the Suns. That'd be fun. That would be. I would love that. I, mean, I love. I love the Suns. I love that. Team. I love that team. Um, they should have made look, the playoffs. Really, I'm so mad they didn't. Uh, they should have been like a clause. If you go undefeated and are close, you're just gonna push. You're them. automatically in. You're, you're in. Screw Memphis. Thank God Memphis didn't get in because now the Celtics have their pick. Yeah. Uh, cool. This year. So, look, the Nets next year, I have my questions because of the young talent and Kyrie and young talent don't seem to mesh. But, like, overall, they're a really good team and Durant's Durant. So, like, you have Kevin Durant, who has never played in the Eastern Conference, mind you, now is in the easier Eastern Conference. And you don't have to go – he doesn't have to go against LeBron, Steph Curry, who the Warriors will be good again next year because they're all going to be fully healthy. Like, you look, and they're going to get a top pick. So, add that to the Warriors' plethora of weapons. Eastern Conference is easier still. Kevin Durant's now in the Eastern Conference. They're probably on paper the second best team just because of those two. Yep. Right? So, look, the Celtics are what they are. This is the best chance for them to win. We'll leave it at that. Gordon Hayward's probably not coming back. That's awful. Jason Tatum, 
man, do you have a soft place in my heart. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number <laughs> 170. Jared Scally, Al, Horace Nahigian. I always say your last name wrong. Nahigian, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I know it. Uh, no Nick, of course. Screw He'll be him. back next week. Screw Nick. Nick, who are you, Nick? Really? Uh, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Couch Guy Sports on Instagram, the website, YouTube channel. We're doing well there, releasing a new show as well coming up for fantasy football and other sports as well. So definitely check that out. Uh, store is almost done. Nick and I are working hard on there to revamp that. So that should be out in the next couple weeks, if not next week, hopefully. That's my goal. Um, yeah. Manscaped. Don't forget them. Couch yeah. Guy 20. Use the promo code. Put Great that people. out there. Great people. Lawnmower 3.0. Heck, those Nicks. Al. It was a pleasure to not talk Red Sox with you because that team still sucks. Um, We'll talk to you on the end of the triangle, the two of us. I'll hopefully be back next week with Nick. Until then, adios. See you guys.